What is going on, everybody? Welcome back. It is Dog Talk with your host, Holden. Glad everybody's here tonight as we get ready to rock and roll with another episode of Dog Talk. Man, what an episode we have after Georgia playing in the college football playoff semifinal game against Ohio State this past Saturday to advance to the national championship game on January 9th. And we'll be matching up against TCU. Man, what a football game. What a football game against Ohio State. Georgia on top. Dogs on top. 42-41 in that game. What a game. What a game. we got a lot to talk about in this game. What it means moving forward. Going to the national championship for two consecutive years for the Georgia Bulldogs. Back-to-back years after winning it. Defending national champions. Coming into this game against Ohio State. Undefeated, 13-0, improving to 14-0 on the season, looking to have a perfect season for the first time in Georgia football history on undefeated and a national championship. Man, it is exciting. Uh, I think I said this last week. Man, back in the day, if you were around in the the late 70s, early 80s, mid-80s for Georgia football, it was a time to be alive, and we are in another one of those times where the dogs face off and are in the national championship conversation pretty much since 2017. You go to the national championship game in 17. You play for an SEC championship game in 18 and 19 consecutive years. Trying to get back to that college football playoff. Doesn't happen. 19 or 2020 season was what it was. It was a shortened season, much different than anything else. Georgia prevails in the 2021 season to move on and win the national championship. And then here, lo and behold, a year after it in 2022, Georgia is looking to do it again. And for the first time in college football playoff history, Georgia is also looking to be the first team to win back-to-back national champions. Only one thing stands in your way at this point, and that's TCU. We're going to talk about that later on in the week. Once we gear, gear once we get geared up for this game, uh, that national championship again, coming on January the 9th, Monday, I think it's like 7.30 p.m. So very exciting that the dogs get there. Um, and obviously in this episode, we're going to be breaking down this college football playoff semifinal game, which was the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl in Atlanta that we're going to be talking about. We'll look at a couple of the other games that did happen as well. Obviously, the Michigan-TCU game, which is the uh, team that we'd be facing off against in the national championship. Again, that one obviously going final. There's some other fun bowl games we'll talk about as well, a couple that were going on earlier today uh, that I actually caught the tail end of. Um, so very exciting. we got some fun stuff to talk about. Right off the top, though, we do want to talk about some of the guys that are and have already accepted their invitation to the Senior Bowl and some of these guys that we know are already going to be leaving uh, Georgia this year. Coming into, and I forgot to talk about this uh, last week beforehand coming into this game, we did know that Jack Podlesny had already uh, planned to go to that Reese Senior Bowl. I did read earlier that it looks like Kenny McIntosh is doing the same thing. Uh, so both of those guys will be headed on. I did also read before this game against Ohio State uh, that Kendall Milton is planning to come back next year. So that is good as far as the running back situation looks for Georgia. I think Dejon Edwards, I feel like he's a senior. He may be a junior. I feel like he might be a senior, though. Uh, but I would be interested to see if he's going to come back another year. Uh, but because between Kendall Milton to John Edwards, and if you got the other guy, Branson Robinson, back there, you got a pretty good string of backs uh, that are back behind you. So that can be pretty exciting for Georgia moving forward into the 2023 season. Uh, but that's a few of them. Obviously, we know 
Uh, Stetson Bennett will be th his curtain call. Luckily, will be the national championship game. Um, there's a couple other guys that we still have yet to see. The fun part is kind of looking forward, and and this is looking way forward. This is looking past national championship. This is kind of peeking into what next year could look like for Georgia's offense, uh, defense. Not so much. I haven't looked quite as deeply at the off our defense, but. Offensively, if you have a DeJon Edwards, Kendall Milton, Branson Robinson and your running back core, you got Carson Beck, Brock Vandegrift, Gunnar Stockton, these guys at, at quarterback, then let's look at the wideout room, something that we were curious about coming into this year. All of a sudden, looking in the wideout room, you got Arian Smith that is more than likely going to be back. Brock Bowers, you got him another year. Obviously, he's a tight end, but still, A.D. Mitchell, uh, Kiaris Jackson more than likely will head out the door. Um Darnell Washington, I'm not sure what will happen with him. Lab McConkie, you get him healthy. you got a few guys, plus these transfers that we're getting in as well and some of these class guys that we've signed in the early signing period as well as the 2023 class that are coming in. So you have quite a few guys that you're going to have in a receiving core there. Offensive line, you may have to make some adjustments. But offensively, just looking way ahead to the 2023 season, things look Things look pretty good for Georgia, which is an exciting thing to think about. Obviously, we got a long way to go before then. A lot of guys tend to leave after you play in these big games like the National Championship. Next week, I would not be surprised to see if a week following that, you start to see some of these guys start to trickle out, whether it's headed to the Senior Bowl, headed to the NFL Draft, uh, leaving early, obviously, as uh, these juniors can do. Um, and then you will, unfortunately, still have a few of these guys that will decide, I think, to uh, transfer because it's just inevitable. It happened last year after the national championship game. Uh, most of these guys did stick around uh, for that, at least. And, I mean, of course, why wouldn't you? Why would you not stick around to play for a national championship opportunity with your team if that's something that is available to you. Uh, so these guys are all at least sticking around for now. We're, we'll see what happens when that is. But kind of a long, stretched-out picture looking ahead to the 2023 season. Uh, it looks like it could be promising for Georgia on offense. Defensively, not sure. There are so many young, young guys, and especially freshmen, that have stepped up this season, this season, who look very good defensively. So, that's something exciting looking forward. Obviously, you got Michael Williams. You've got a uh, uh, man. I'm blanking on the main guy back there. 24 on the backside of Georgia's defense, who has been lights out this season. If I could just remember his name, uh, Malachi Starks. My goodness, couldn't think of him there for a minute. Uh, Jamon Dumas Johnson. I don't think he's a freshman. Maybe he is, but he's been awesome this year. So we've got a lot of guys on defense too. And obviously, again, that's looking way forward. We can talk about that more after the national championship game, whichever that way goes um, when that time comes. But let's get down to business talking about this Georgia and Ohio State football game because, my goodness, what a game it was. A lot of momentum shifts, a lot of swinging back and forth, and a lot of us sitting here late in that game going, I don't know, guys. I don't know if this is the team that can do it. Uh, I do want to start off talking about some injuries. I know Big O went out in this game with an ankle sprain. Uh, have not seen. I know Kirby the last, he said he wasn't sure uh, whether it was high or low. I think he had a conference earlier where he talked somewhat positively about this, that it looks like possibly he could be ready to rock and roll once we get to that national championship game. So that is something we'll kind of monitor. I didn't really see any other big injuries come out of this. Uh, I was reading, obviously, Lab McConkie did not look necessarily 100%, so he's still got a little ways to go getting that foot back. Um, and then I also was seeing something or reading something that 
Brock Bowers may have actually been a little under the weather in this game. Could be like his flu game, kind of like Georgia Tech last year with a lot of the players. I'm not sure of that, um, so don't don't necessarily uh, quote me on it, but that was just one of the things that I was reading. He could have been battling a bit, bit of sickness, illness. Uh, I do know, like we talked about coming into this game, Ohio State is very good at defending the tight ends, and they did that. They did that very well. Brock Bowers only with a couple of catches, Four total in this game. Still had 64 yards, that one for 26, which was huge, which we're going to talk about here in a minute. Um, but a lot of guys got a lot of touches in this football game. A lot of guys. that The ball got spread out very well. And a lot, a lot of yards, too, in this game, too, once we kind of get down to it. So that's what we have, obviously, for Ohio State. You know, they had a lot of injuries coming, and in, coming into this game, but also in the game. You know, Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, was, was lights out to start this football game. The first half of this game, he was on fire. And from that point on in the second half, he really didn't have very many touches. And then, obviously, there's a huge hit on him, I think, in the fourth quarter, if it wasn't late in the third quarter, where there was actually a targeting call on Georgia that was called back. Obviously, it was clearly a uh, shoulder there. I think that may have been Michael Williams as well. If it wasn't, I don't think it was Smile Munden. Let me just look and see. Just trying to remember exactly what it was. No, Javon Bullard, I think, is actually who it was. Um, so, could have been called the other way. And obviously, after replaying it, if you paid enough attention, kind of looking at it, one angle, it looked rough. But then the, the angle where you could actually see it's clearly shoulder coming in to hit him. Uh, clean hit, clean hit. I know a lot of Ohio State players were fussing about it. Even saw where players, fans, I even saw where one guy calls in to Paul Feinbaum and and says that uh, Kirby Smart put out the hit on him, which is just nuts, nuts. Another nuts thing we talked about before this game was the fact that uh, some people had said, and, and I think a beat writer for Ohio State came out and said Georgia put uh, cameras up <laughs> trying to film Ohio State's practice. And, and just, just, again, ludicrous. That's what, that's what Kirby called it, and I'm going to call it the same thing because it is. And then in the game, uh, once – we're going to talk about what some of these things transpire, but one of the things that transpired in the game uh, was was a fake fourth down call on a punt, fake punt, and as soon as it happened, somebody comes out and says, oh, well, that this is what they saw. This is what they saw on film, and this is how Kirby knew to call a timeout. Just nuts. Nuts the excuses that come up and that are made. The excuses have already come out of injury, and that's the reason they lost, even though nobody wants to count Georgia's injuries either. Uh, but, you know, that is what it is. You're going to have injuries, and I think this is just going to be a thing every year. Every year, I guess, moving forward, it's always just going to be an excuse of, oh, well, this guy was hurt. If this guy's here, but if that guy's there, then we do this, and that don't happen. It doesn't matter. You still have to win the football game with the guys that are on the field. It sucks if you go down with them. Trust me, if Stetson Bennett got hurt in this football game and we lost, I would say, hey, you know, things could have been different without Stetson, but they weren't. That's all there is to it. It would suck to lose and him be hurt, and that would would that be a contributing factor? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, the next man has to step up and handle the business, and unfortunately for Ohio State, that didn't happen. But fortunately for our dogs, it did. One thing I've said all season, I said it after the Missouri game. I said it after a couple of these other games that were much tighter and shouldn't have been. When it comes to a championship team, champions find a way to win. And that's what Georgia did in this football game. Georgia had to come back from behind multiple times in this football game, not just once, 
not even twice. Georgia had to become come from behind a couple of times in this game uh, to tie it, to finally take a lead, and then to see that lead gone again and not even recovered again till late, late in the fourth quarter of this football game. So the adversity hit, and it hit hard. One thing I read earlier on Twitter, which was very, very true, um, I'm glad Georgia played the football game they did against Missouri. You know, it's kind of crazy to think, you know, thinking back on that, a lot of Georgia players are like our fans, I should say, and, and beat writers and, and media members. Man, you, you you know, you really want to hate that game, not, not even think about it and just move on from it. It's a good thing we played that football game. It's a good thing Georgia did not have a lead in that game until the end of it. Did we deserve to fall a spot in the rankings? Absolutely. But it's a good thing that it happened because it taught Georgia the adversity that you have to fight through to be able to win a football game. Is Missouri good, as good as Ohio State? No, that's not what I'm saying. But it gives you that opportunity for adversity against your football team, the the opportunity for your team to have to fight down from behind. You, Every bit of that is a teaching and it's a learning moment for your football team, and that's exactly what happened with Georgia-Missouri early in the season. That's exactly what happened in some of these other games as well that Georgia didn't always trail by, but they found a way to come back and win those football games, and that's what happened in this one. Georgia, again, 42-41, to college football playoff semifinal, Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl champions in this football game. What a great game. Let's, let's start it off from the top. I want to get the very beginning of this game uh, to load up for me here, and once I get it, once I get it to load up, we'll kind of run through some of the numbers because it was impressive. It was very impressive to see what Georgia did in this game. Uh, and funnily enough, a lot of this game was very even. Yardage-wise, in the end, it ends up Georgia's way at 533 to Ohio State's 467. But passing-wise, fairly close, fairly close. 50 yards was the difference passing. And you would look at it and you would think, huh, well, Ohio State probably out through Georgia. No, that didn't happen. Georgia actually out through Ohio State in this football game, 398 to 348. Again, just 50 yards difference. But this is what's kind of wild to me, looking at a completion and attempts right here the not percentage but the uh the completion and attempt ratio i guess you'd say is 23 for 34 for both guys for both cj stroud and for stetson bennett identical on that cj 10.2 yards per pass uh stetson was 11.7 the difference in this football game between the two of them other than the 50 yards one turnover cj stroud played a nearly perfect football game nearly perfect and this is one thing i will say about Ohio State, and I'm going to give them all the credit in the world because they deserve it. And if you're a Georgia fan listening to this and you think they don't, you're lying to yourself because they do. They played a near-perfect perfect football game to be able to beat Georgia. And Georgia did not and still won. So that should tell you where this team sits. Georgia can play a B-minus football game and still beat a team who gave you their A-plus-plus effort. And that's exactly what happened in this football game because Ohio State showed up from the beginning and the end, from the beginning to the end of this football game, ready to play, ready to handle their business. And they did the entire game until the last possible second of this football game. Three seconds left, and everything fell apart, unfortunately, on the special team side for Ohio State. Took a missed kick with three seconds left on the clock for Georgia to end up winning this football game by one point, one point. If Ohio State hits that, Georgia loses 43 or 44, excuse me, to 42. Is how that one finals out. 
and I was a little nervous later in this game, which we'll get to in just a minute, but really good matchup. Ohio State, give them the credit that they deserve because they played a great football game. Some of it was controversial, and we'll talk about it, the Pac-12 officiating. Not, not, not quite sure how I felt in the end about the officiating. Offici- officiating? My goodness, I can't even talk this evening. It's It's been such a wild weekend. Such a wild weekend of college football. Uh, watching Georgia play the way that we did. Hang on, let me get all my get all my stuff up here if you keep hearing a bunch of clicking and all this stuff here. My page all of a sudden decided it didn't want to show up. There we go. But anyways, officiating from the Pac-12 officials, meh. I give that probably a C plus, maybe. A lot of holding calls missed in this game, but we I was talking to my boss about this earlier. Just about every play you can probably call a hold, but there were a couple that were pretty egregious. I mean, I think I saw a couple of our defensive linemen get tackled, and any time I've ever seen that, uh, any kind of replay or, or, or anything really of that, the in, the entire intent, if an, if an offensive lineman tackles a defensive lineman, generally it's always flagged as a hold, and that didn't happen. That didn't happen. There were multiple times where Ohio State actually lined up and – with 12 men on the field. One time I think they did get flagged for it, but it happened a couple more times and they didn't. Matter of fact, one of the big calls that was missed, luckily Kirby does call the timeout on that fourth down uh, play there that that Ohio State is going for two uh, because had he not, Ohio State would have got away with 12 men on the field. Go back and watch the replay. Pause it. Count the guys. There's 12 guys on the field. And Georgia, no, they weren't lined up. That's the reason Kirby called it, but – it's a good thing you did because the officials they would have held that they would have held the flag in their pocket the entire night. That flag never would have came out, which is a scary thing to think about really when you kind of get down to it. Luckily for Georgia, Kirby saw it, saw it early, was able to get the get the call, get the timeout in um, to be able to save Georgia because late in that football game it mattered a lot. Let's get to some of the other things that matter while my page still tries to load uh, because I did want to get. Um, I wanted to get and kind of go through a sequence of how this happened, and it's a lot easier when the page is actually up for you and you can see what it is. But anyways, uh, one thing, a couple other things I'll touch on as this is loading uh, is Jackpot Lesney. You know, coming into this football game, again, we're talking about he's headed to the Reese's Senior Bowl. He's gone. This is the end for him. And... Then he comes into the game and misses a couple of field goals, and I was kind of like, man, this really isn't like him. And at the time, it's like, okay, we kind of need these. You know, this isn't necessarily just a, oh, yeah, no big deal. This is a, no, we, we're, we're going to need these points. And late in this football game, you know, again, if he hits two of these that he misses, he ends up the night two for four. If he hits those other two and goes a perfect four for four, this is a touchdown game at the end. Again, things are different. Obviously, you can't just base it off of that because if he does hit those field goals, what happens from there? Does Ohio State actually drive down? You know, you start talking about change of field, position, all this, that, and the other. So things do change. They are a little different there. But after he misses these couple of field goals there and then it wasn't until late in the second quarter that he hits another one, uh, and we actually take the lead for the first time in this football game late in the third or in the first half there in the second quarter. But missing a couple of these field goals was tough. It was tough. But he made them late in the football game when we needed it was a big deal. And then you look on the other side and you got Ohio State. Their kicker was doing great. I think he ends up the night three for four. Might have been four for five. 
I have to look back at exactly what that number was too on the field goal percentage. But he was fairly close to that as well. Not quite 50, 50%. He was a little bit better, only missing the one. And the one that he missed was the game winner. That was the hard part for him. So when it came down to the special team side of that, yeah, he goes two for three. His long was 48, and I think the one that he missed was 50 there at the end of the game. Uh, but he put up 11 points. Jack Pied put up 10 points in this football game between extra points and obviously the, the, the three-point shots there. But Jack Pied for the first half was not effective. He was not making the shots that he needed to make, whether they were easy, whether they were long, didn't matter. He wasn't hitting it like he needed to, wasn't hitting it like he had earlier in the season. But then in the end, he got it together, made the points, put the points on the board that we needed. And then on the other side, again, for Ohio State, unfortunately for their kicker, that guy was handling his business early. Again, Ohio State played a near-perfect football game until the very end. If they make the field goal, Georgia does not win this football game doesn't happen. Again, 44-42 is what the final is instead of 42-41 dogs on top. But that's what happened. Again, you have to play perfect the entire time evidently when you're playing Georgia because offensively, with the one, with, with exception to the one blemish that Stetson did have, that one blemish, which was a tough one, throwing that interception, not necessarily the greatest of timing and all that either, but throwing the interception that he had, offensively things were moving pretty good. We were running the football effectively. You know, Stetson was being pressured a couple of times here and there. I think he ended up getting sacked, what, twice on the night maybe? Yeah, I got two sacks. We end up sacking CJ four times, even though it felt like we didn't at all. Uh, we did get six tackles for loss on the night as well. They got four in total. We only uh, pressured the quarterback just a handful of times here. We were able to somewhat get some pressure in CJ's face, but, uh, again, there were there were a few times where it just seemed like – Jalen Carter was being held all night long. Again, I think a lot of that is put two guys on him. You should have somebody free, and a couple times we did. We had one wide open that I was hoping we could get like a little strip sack out of, but it didn't happen. We got him right there at the end of the end zone, and I was hoping we could block a punt. That didn't happen either. But luckily, we still turned points into – actually, we didn't turn any points into that. That was one of the hot pod misses where we pinned them deep in their end zone. They get the punt off. We get great field position, and we couldn't do anything with it. But again, credit to Ohio State as far as uh, their scheme and their game plan because we they didn't have any turnovers in this football game. We luckily only had one. Luckily only had one foot one turnover coming into this game. Um, but had we had any more than that, probably a big big difference coming in this one. Again, five points was the spread. That's what it dropped all the way down to five coming into this one. Sixty one and a half the over under on it obviously hits. This is how it schemes out. Georgia falls behind seven to nothing to start. On a Marvin Harrison touchdown. And by the way, again, C.J. Stroud had a little bit of a blend. And I know right now I'm praising, I'm praising, I'm praising Ohio State. But I want to give them their credit to start. And then we're going to talk about the things that Georgia did. Ohio State, C.J. Stroud looked like a blend of Bryce Young and Joe Burrow. Where he would run like the wind for a minute, get down, and then turn around. And he could scramble and throw it like Bryce Young. Uh, and then he just had moments where he just threw the football like he need to. So, again, just credit out to him. And don't get mad at me for giving this guy this much credit. But I think if you're a true Georgia fan and you watch this football game, you understand it the same way I do because they played lights out. And I'm just glad Georgia played a little bit better. And that's all it took. Again, Georgia's B-minus game. Some people even want to say C-minus game beat an Ohio State's A-plus game. And that's something to say because if Georgia can turn this thing around and play A-plus football against TCU, lights out. 
all I can say. Back to the summary and how everything came along. Georgia falls behind 7-0 halfway through the first quarter before Kenny Mack with a huge 25-yard touchdown pass from Stetson Bennett to break the ice, making it 7-7 there just before we head to the second quarter. Then Mayim Williams gets a touchdown for Ohio State. Then another one from C.J. Stroud to Marvin Harrison. Again, he was on fire in the first half of this football game. In the second half, cold, cold, nothing else going to him. For the rest of the game, we made it. We made the adjustments we needed to at halftime for him, at least. Now, that didn't end the football game. Things still were not going Georgia's way. Still weren't going Georgia's way in the second half. We're going to talk about it. Again, Georgia falling behind at that, one, that point. 21-7, we're down 14. Then we get a Kendall Milton run, busting that lead down to 21-14, to then tying it up off of Stetson Bennett, three-yard touchdown run, making it 21-21. to We got the ball, six minutes left there. Driving all the way down with a minute and 45 to go. Hot Pod hits that 32-yarder. Finally getting on the board for Hot Pod after a couple misses early. Putting the dogs up 24-21, to the first lead of this football game. And it would be the last time Georgia would lead until late, late into the fourth quarter of this football game. And then with a minute 44 left, Georgia's defense all of a sudden got very lax. Allowed, allowed Ohio State to drive right back down the field. And instead of Georgia taking a 24-21 lead at the half or a tie 24-24, leaving them with just a field goal, Ohio State goes right down with 49 seconds left and scores a touchdown off a 37-yard pass from C.J. Stroud, taking the lead 28-24. And it didn't get much prettier after that from the half. Right before the half, I'm hoping that we kind of drive down. Didn't look good. Stetson almost gets intercepted there. Kirby takes his two timeouts to the half and that's all there is to it we head back from the half georgia gets the ball and it looks like okay we have an opportunity to come back here can't make anything out of it three and out and they drive right down and score 35 to 24 all of a sudden same thing we get the ball back can't do anything with it three and out now you're getting nervous 31 seconds left in the third quarter and they kick a field goal all of a sudden we're down 38 24 down two touchdowns at this point we got a whole nother quarter to play which is enough for Georgia. It's plenty enough for Georgia to win this football game, and you're going to see how that shakes out right here. We come back, 10-14 left in the fourth quarter. This is the moment I was very, very concerned that Georgia was not going to be able to handle business. You only got 10 minutes left in the football game. We're down two touchdowns. At this point, if you're anybody really, you're sitting here going, why in the world, why is Georgia kicking a field goal right here? I think right before this happened, Right before this happened, if I if I remember correctly, this is where Brock Bowers had that huge third down conversion that they called fourth down. They said it was out of bounds, and then they did the replay, go into a break, which was terrible. We didn't get to see the replay, but like once, he somehow supermans his way across the line to get the first down, extending the drive, and that's where I think we end up getting close enough to kick this field goal, making it 38 to 27. And this is where it was all of a sudden, okay. That field goal didn't feel like enough. Didn't feel like enough. Felt like Georgia left a lot on the field there. Felt like we really needed to get a first down, get a touchdown in here, and be within a touchdown instead of, okay, now we're back 11 instead of 14. Didn't really feel all that good. Turn around, we get a good stop on defense, and then with 841 left, Arian Smith, a huge 76-yard bomb from Stetson Bennett to put us within a field goal after going for two. One play, 76 yards, only took 10 seconds off the clock that was clutch clutch because if we had to take a three-minute drive right here this could be a different football game 
It only took 10 seconds. One play, Arian Smith has a defender laying on the ground after running past him. We go for two all of a sudden. We're back by a field goal. So just three minutes ago, we're sitting here going, man, I don't, I don't know. We're down two touchdowns. Three minutes later, we're back by a field goal. Just like that. We were all curious, is that field goal going to be enough? Turns out it was. Uh, but then Ohio State, they didn't die. They kept playing too. Get down 45 yards, 11 plays, driving down the field. It took five and a half, almost six minutes off the clock, pushing it down to 243 where they kick a field goal, 41-35. And at this point, I'm looking at the clock, 243. There's plenty of time for our offense. We're not down by a touchdown anymore. We're down by two field goals. But we got to have a touchdown. We go in for the touchdown right here. That's what we have to do to win this football game. Georgia does exactly that. We drive down the field, five plays, 72 yards, took right at two minutes off the clock, uh, leaving 54 on the clock. That was the only thing I was nervous about. We get in a really good spot, and I was like, man, it really feels like we need to eat a little bit more clock before we just score here. But at the same time, in the back of your mind, you're going, that doesn't matter. We have to score because if you don't score, none of it matters. The clock don't matter at all if you don't put it in the end zone. So we put it in the end zone, 54 seconds left to go. And again, I was nervous because Ohio State has done very well all night, even the drive before this. Again, 11 plays, 45 yards, right at six minutes off the clock, but they drove down the field and kicked a field goal. Would have been a lot quicker, I'm sure, if they didn't have the lead like they did before just that. But nonetheless, 54 seconds to go. Stetson Bennett hooks up with an A.D. Mitchell 10-yard touchdown pass. Man, wasn't it good to see him back in this football game. He made a big difference in this football game as well. But that's where the dogs go up, 42-41. to 41. You think it's enough, and luckily it is. They get the they get the ensuing kick, obviously. They did drive down the field and tried the 50-yarder that just does. I mean, as the ball drops, so does the football wide left of the of the end zone, wide left of the goal post, and the dogs prevail 42-41. to 41, Just do squeak by Ohio State in this football game. Again, what a football game. This one ranks right up there with the Rose Bowl 2017 to me. I don't know that a football game can outdo what the Rose Bowl did. And maybe that's because, again, Georgia came from behind in that football game screaming, but it was back and forth, back and forth, and then we go to overtime a couple times. That just made it even more. You never really knew what was going to happen. And then in this football game, a lot of the same. Late into that fourth quarter, it started looking like, man, I should say late, really early. It was like, I, I don't know. When we took the field goal down two touchdowns, I was, I'll be honest, I was kind of sitting back going, I don't know. I don't know if we have enough to do this. Just because of how well Ohio State's offense has been driving on our defense. And luckily the defense stepped up those times that they needed to. And the other guy that stepped up when he needed to, Stetson Bennett. Fourth quarter, lit it up like 190 yards, two touchdowns in the fourth quarter alone. That's all it took. Stetson, again, 23-34, 398 was his numbers. Three touchdowns, has the one interception on the night. But don't let it take away from that rushing attack. Kenny McIntosh, 70 yards for himself. Dejon Edwards, 58 yards for himself. Kenny or Kendall Milton, excuse me, 26 yards and a touchdown, 135 yards on the ground uh, with two touchdowns. So this is what your wideouts look like. Arian Smith lead the charge, my guy. Three touches, 129 yards, one touchdown. Ends up with that one big 76-yarder, obviously, there in the fourth quarter to get us back in this football game. Brock Bowers, four touches, 64 yards. Kenny Mack, Five touches, 56 yards. A.D. Mitchell, three touches, 43 yards, and a touchdown. Kenny Mack, obviously, with a touchdown through the air as well. Let's see, did he have one on the ground? No, that was Kendall Milton. 
But he did get one through the air. Kenny Mack did. Eddie Mitchell got one. And then the other one was Arian Smith, obviously, earlier there, too. Kiaris Jackson, 35 yards. That was huge there in the fourth quarter as well. That's driving down to set up for that touchdown to A.D. Mitchell. Right before it was Kiaris Jackson, his only touch of the night, but it was a 34-yarder to put us right there on, like, the 12-yard line, whatever it was for that A.D. Mitchell touchdown. Marcus Roseme, Jack Saint, also with 34 yards on a couple touches. Dominic Blaylock with a catch for 20. Dejon Edwards, a catch for 9. And Darnell Washington, a catch for 9, obviously, before he goes out of this football game. And then Lab McConkey, two touches, lost a yard in the game. That was off a pretty rough little lateral call. And even Stetson said, man, wasn't very good on his part. But what a football game, man. I was so excited to see what Georgia could do in this game. Defensively, again, getting a couple sacks. Smile Mana Jr. getting one. Michael Williams getting one. Javon Buller with that huge hit in the backfield. Javon Dumas Johnson coming through the line as well. Just a good football game. Good football game. Overall, it wasn't necessarily great by the dogs, but again, if you win the football game, that's almost all that matters. One of the things that kind of blows my mind in this football game, and I want to look at this, and this is where we'll end it before we get to the keys to the game and just kind of reliving that, looking back at it. Here's the punting, the punting for the dogs in this game. Brett Thorson and Georgia punted the football two times, two times this entire game. If you think think back to it, it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're telling me Georgia only kicked this ball two times punting? That's it. That's it. Went three and out twice. And I'm fairly certain that's coming out of the half, and that's that's the punts. That's the punts for Georgia because, again, we drove down in the first half a couple times, scored, kicked a couple field goals and missed them. And that was the tough part. Again, jackpot two for four on the night. Uh, And then the interception. So that's essentially, it's not three turnovers, but it's the same thing as three turnovers and not punting it. Then you come out of the, the half again, we got three and out punt, three and out punt. But we didn't punt it for the rest of the night. On the other side, Ohio State punted it five times, five times. So there are at least a couple of stops in there where Georgia was able to handle their business, even though we didn't get the turnovers on it. So, again, a good night. Defensively, not our best night. Offensively, really, to me, that was the thing that everybody was fussing about Georgia is, hey, man, Georgia didn't play a very good football game. Maybe not. Defensively, things didn't look like they do every week, you know, where we're holding a team to, to, you know, 7, 10, 13, 14 points like that, maybe even 20 at the most. Obviously nothing like the 30 that, that LSU put up, but Georgia offensively looked great. Stetson Bennett, the one turnover. Offensively, Georgia was doing their job. Again, right out of the half was the only time we weren't. If you look back at the first half of this football game, if Jackpot hits those two, all of a sudden offensively, hey, that's very efficient. We did a very good job on that. Uh, but in the end, again, dogs prevail 42-41. to 41. A lot of us started to wonder, can we handle this? Can we come out of this alive? I, I was like most of you, probably. I thought the dogs were going to take care of business pretty handedly. I think I picked it like 37-24, to 24, Georgia, to win this one. Not quite where I thought it would end up. Not quite. I don't think many people thought it was going to be 42-41 to 41 exactly. Um, I know there were a lot of people that said that this game was probably going to be tight and close, and it did end up being that. Ended up being a great game. You like a classic football game that's like this. Like I said last week predicting it, part of me was kind of like, hey, if we do beat the snot out of them, great. I hope we do because that would be good. I'd love that. And we didn't. But part of me is also excited and glad that this game went the way it did. Again, you battled adversity. Your team has a lot to look at and say, okay, we got to fix this before we play TCU next week. Um, and by the way, you just played probably one of the best football teams you've played all season long 
Again, I know I'm giving them a lot of credit. I don't care for them at all, but I have to give them that credit because they played a great football game against us and almost beat us. They had us beat for most of this football game, and in the end, again, Georgia prevailed. Georgia prevailed there at the end. Um, what a great game. What a great game to put it up there. Back to the keys of the game, looking at them, what it was going to take to win this football game, in my opinion. Continuing that success from the uh, SEC championship game, offensively, obviously where we're starting here, we did that. Again, 42 points on the board. We're eight points away uh, from a 50-burger, which is what we put up in that SEC championship game. You put those two field goals back on the board, all of a sudden we're only two points away from that. So offensively, I felt like we did continue those strides. We did continue those strides. Um, and, and being successful like we were in the SEC championship game. So I would give that a check mark there. I think we did keep the defense on their heels as well. There were a time or two where Stetson could sit back and, and chunk it downfield. Uh, but then a lot of times we just busted it right up the gut. And, and Ohio State couldn't handle that either. Uh, so I feel like we did pretty good. No turnovers. Obviously, Stetson does have the one. Don't want to give him too much of a diss there. That one does take away from that one. As far as no turnovers, because I said no turnovers, not one is okay. You know, because if we don't turn that over, who knows what happens moving forward again. It's so hard to look at one play and say, if this doesn't happen, this happens. Because you just don't know that. Just like if this guy gets hurt and this guy doesn't, you just don't know. You don't know what will happen. Sometimes this other guy shows up in a football game that he's never played before, and it's like, hey, magic sometimes happens. I'm not going to say it always does, but take Tua, for instance. Had Alabama lost to Georgia in 2017, I hate to go back to that, but had they lost, they could have blamed, well, if Tua stayed, or excuse me, if, if Jalen Hurts was healthy in that football game, uh, uh, Tua, you know, you know, Alabama wins that. Well, guess what? Tua came in and lit the world on fire against Georgia and won the football game. So the excuses don't always help, you know, making that for an injury. So I'll leave that there what it is. We'll move past it. Offensively, though, keys-wise, did fairly good. Defensively, strong secondary. We got a strong secondary, but it wasn't a lot of deep balls that we were beat on. A lot of what we were beat on is slant routes across the middle, mid throws, nothing really deep beating us, like, you know, any kind of – uh, uh, kind of blanking on it here. Just go, go routes. Nothing like that was really diming us deep. Uh, the times we did kind of get beat that way was more of a when a guy's got to scramble, all of a sudden our, our secondary is like, okay, what's going on? You know, they're turning their head around trying to figure out what's going on, and all of a sudden a guy's getting seven, eight yards behind him or next to him, and he's not even realizing it because all of a sudden it looks like, okay, this is turning to a run, and it's not. Again, that's, that's C.J. Stroud using his legs to extend a play and to make something happen, and he did a very good job. So I still think we've got a strong secondary. Didn't look all that great in this football game just because of the way that things ended up with him having to scramble, sometimes running for yardage, and then sometimes rearing back and throwing it even after breaking the pocket. Uh, sound tackling, I felt like we did pretty good at this. There weren't To me, it didn't look like there were a lot of plays where a guy got hit and kept running. Ohio State a lot of it looked like we did very good at tackling open field tackles as well uh, the only thing I wish we could have done is this last one which was pressing the quarterback a little bit more again the reason he flushed the pocket is because he was being pressured but we again four sacks on the night is what we end up defensively against them kind of wish you'd have got a couple more in there and we had the opportunities there when we did flush him from the pocket just couldn't couldn't get it and there were quite a few times where when he flushed the pocket Again, he made something happen with his arms as he's rolling out, or he ran it. That fourth quarter where they get set up for the field goal, 
I mean, he bust like a 30-yard run, and it was like, okay, he's well out of field goal range. All of a sudden, he's just streaking down the field, and we're sitting back going, oh, man. You know, that was the moment I was like, there's still 30 seconds on the clock. They they can drive, they can they might score a touchdown on us before having to even kick a field goal. And luckily for us, defensively we were able to stop a couple of the plays that they had from that point on, holding them to a long field goal, which again ends up missing. Uh, so we did pressure the quarterback fairly decently. Sound tackling was good, strong secondary. I give that maybe like a maybe a B. We'll just call it a solid B, not a minus, not a plus, just a B. Uh, so. So what it ended up on at Dogs, again, on top, 42-41. My prediction was 37-24. Did not quite hit on that, but it is what it is. But, hey, again, Dogs on top. Glad to see it. Winning that semifinal game. Headed to the national championship, back-to-back seasons. I'm very, very excited for that. That's that's just something that you got to be excited for in general, though, because, first of all, before last year winning it, we had gone to the national championship in 2017. Should have went back in – I still believe should have went back in 2012. Sucked to fall to Alabama in the SEC championship game then. I think that would have been a win for a national championship for Georgia then, just considering what Bama did to Notre Dame. But it is what it is. But 2017, we go to the national championship, fall in heartbreaking fashion. We get back in 21, win the thing, and we're headed back that way this year. Another season – in the books, we've got one game left to play, one more, the most exciting, the the greatest opportunity to have and make history not only for Georgia but also for the college football playoff era as well before we get expanded to this expanded playoff. Um, but just really proud, really excited for Georgia, excited to see what the future holds for our dogs as well. Uh, but let's look at a couple of these other big bowl games that were happening as well at the same time. Again, the guys who we've got to play next is TCU, and they played before us. They played Michigan. A lot of people counted TCU out of this football game. But for the most part, TCU handled their business. They were outscored in the third and fourth quarter. Third quarter, they were outscored by three points. Fourth quarter, they were outscored by five points. But guess what? In the first quarter, they outscored Michigan by two touchdowns and then by one point in the second quarter. So, they handled their business pretty well. Again, 51-45 is what that totals out. Again, a lot of people thought this was Michigan's game to win and Georgia and Michigan rematch. A lot of me believes that Michigan came into this football game doing two things. That was either going, all right, we're going to replay Ohio State and prove how we beat them the first time, or it's going to be we get the revenge game against Georgia. But what they forgot was you have to take care of that opponent in front of you that was TCU before you can even think about who you have to play next. They didn't do that, and that's why TCU will be headed to the national championship after winning the college football playoff center final VRBO Fiesta Bowl. So congratulations out to TCU. I look forward to meeting up with you uh, this coming Monday at 730 in L.A. What a big game. What a big game, national championship coming up. We're going to preview that one later on in the week. A couple of these other big bowl games that were going on. Alabama does take care of Kansas State 45-20. to uh, in the Sugar Bowl and Kentucky. Couldn't even put a point on the board against Iowa in the Music City Bowl. 21 nothing Iowa with that win. Some of the other ones looking back before it, Notre Dame does end up beating South Carolina there in the end, 45-38. to Tennessee in the biggest Orange Bowl of all oranges of orange with orange on orange action in the Orange Bowl. Uh, Tennessee beating Clemson 31-14, to drumming them. 
Florida State beating Oklahoma. That was good to see. Florida State's looking good. I'm excited to see them better, 35-32. Washington beats Texas 27-20. Ole Miss falls to Texas Tech 25-42. Arkansas just a squeak out against Kansas in overtimes, 55-53. Oregon beats North Carolina 28-27. Let's get to some of the games that did actually final out here on Monday, which is when we were recording this. Penn State does end up beating Utah in the Rose Bowl, 35-221. Good game there for Penn State. This is the one that surprised me, but was also kind of funny to see. Tulane. Tulane taking on USC in the Cotton Bowl. Heisman Trophy winning quarterback in, in Caleb Williams taking on Tulane, and Tulane beating them 46-45. to What a game in the Cotton Bowl. Tulane, number 16, taking down number 10, USC, 46-45. Caleb Williams on the night. Here's the stat line, 37 for 52, 462 yards, five touchdowns. That's what a Heisman Trophy quarterback does, but you've got to have the defense behind them, and Lincoln Riley couldn't figure it out at at Oklahoma. Let's see if he can figure it out at USC. So far, he hasn't. Tulane beating them 46-45. Uh, number 17, LSU absolutely drumming the snot out of Purdue. 63-7. Hello, hello, 60-burger LSU in the Citrus Bowl. Mississippi State on the heels of, obviously, the passing of Mike, Mike Leach taking down Illinois 19-10. I think this game came down to, a like, four seconds left. They kick a field goal. Uh, to win this game, basically, what was it, 12 to, to 10, I think, at that point. Uh, and then, like, a, a wild scoop and score fumble there from Illinois. And Mississippi State puts it away 19 to 10 as the clock expires. So, congrats out to Mississippi State. That was one I was excited to see and see what happened in that football game. Will Rogers, 29-44, 261 yards, one touchdown. Again, congrats out to Mississippi State on winning the Relier Quest Bowl there. All right. That's kind of where we're going to wrap up in this one, guys. Um, again, really appreciate you guys being here. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter, at DogTalk20. Uh, this episode, again, not on YouTube. I've got to get all my stuff set back up. I'll do that for the national championship. I, I, I'll make it a point because we had a long weekend. I didn't do a lot of tweeting. I didn't do a lot of anything uh, this weekend over, other than enjoying family and friend time over the new year. Happy New Year to everybody, 2023. We will have... A few more episodes before we wrap up this season three of Dog Talk, and then we'll have to look forward to season four starting off once we get to that uh, the spring game, the spring game in April. So a lot to come up in the 2023 season. Excited to keep this thing rocking and rolling with you guys and look forward to seeing what the dogs can do here in the national championship next weekend, uh, which that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do later on this week. We will preview the national championship game coming up against TCU I'm excited about that, just like you guys are, and we'll look forward to that once we get there. Uh, But, again, follow us on Twitter at DogTalk20. Same thing on Instagram. Check out the YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe if you hadn't. Make sure you subscribe to everywhere there is to subscribe. Again, appreciate you guys listening. We'll check in with you guys later on in the week. Go dogs.